Well, hello there, and welcome back to another edition of the Bet US NFL Show. I am the somewhat competent host here on the program, TJ Reeves. We've got our handicappers back aboard. Chris Farley, good to see you. Mr. Brad Thomas, he hasn't gotten enough of me yet. He's already on the Three Dog Thursday show, Farley, with me. Now he's back again. We'll try to work out another Thursday show on BetUS that Brad Thomas and I can be on before the day's over with. Anyway, boys, good to be with you. How are things? Farley, how you feeling here on a Thursday? The Giants looking good besides your picks. Besides my picks, the Giants are feeling <laughs> Giants are looking good. Four and one so far. Is that is that why Scott Callen's not on the show this week? Is because uh, he, he, he defeated his Packers? I don't know. I'll have to talk to Scott about that next week. But, Brad, I hope you do better than me on Three Dog Thursday because I lasted yeah. one whole week. Yeah, one week for him. Brad's already back for a second week on that. Now we're ready for some NFL picks as well. Brad Thomas, how you feeling? You feeling uh, good? You feeling solid for another uh, bite at the NFL apple here? Oh, yeah. I'm feeling great. The NFL has been absolutely fantastic. I feel like this is probably one of the best NFL years in terms of backing underdogs. So I've just been trying to look for as many dogs as I possibly can. All right, we're good on that. Underdogs are good, but on this show as well, we're looking at favorites, we're looking at totals. And yeah. one thing about this show is you get every game broken down here on BetUS live Thursdays at 1. Again, you've already found us. Hopefully you're finding us live. If you're finding us later on Thursday, Friday, etc., we're live at 1 Eastern time. Hit that like button down below. Hit the bell. Subscribe. Share it out. The audience continues to grow here. We love the comments in the live chat. You'll see comments down below us as they come in on the live chat if you're with us on Thursdays. So whenever you're seeing us, even if you're only seeing uh, little segments of the show uh, clipped out from our friends at BetUS, make sure you're here for the full show on Thursdays. And uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate that. The, I see the audience growing just since we began the show. They are clamoring for some picks, for some selections, and we're ready to do that with the guys here. Let's see what happens as we get things underway with the schedule. And game, uh, by, by the way, here's the records uh, for this week. You can see... Uh, Chris Farley a little below the Mendoza line, Scott Kellen right at it, and then with the guest prognosticators, that includes Brad Thomas, you can see that we're over 500 for the show, and we hope that that will continue. We hope to build on that uh, here coming up uh, on this program today. What say we get ready, and we get ready with a Thursday night game. Hopefully this one will be better than last week where uh, Indianapolis and Denver did not score a touchdown into regulation and into overtime. This is the Bears and the Commanders. Chicago hosting Washington. It is a pick'em game. It is a total of only 38. We're not suspecting a lot of offense in this one. Brad Thomas, you're going to begin things here on the BetUS NFL show, and I believe you've got a couple of plays on this game. What do you like coming up for Thursday night? Yeah, so I have a couple of props in this game that I like, and I, you couldn't get me to take a side in this. But from a prop perspective, I do believe that both teams are going to have porous defenses, which offers up opportunities for us to gash them. The first prop is Justin Fields. Um, excuse me. The first prop is Brian Robinson. At least one touchdown. Odds are plus 250. And the reason I like that is because we all saw it last week. When they got into the red zone, they kind of struggled. Uh, Brian Robinson has been said to look great in practice and will get a heavier workload. We know Antonio Gibson is absolutely not going to be running red zone, red zone uh, runs. So it gives us good value on Robinson. Uh, the next play for this game, Carson Wentz to throw an interception. Carson Wentz has thrown an interception in four games, five interceptions, most notably through an interception in a possible game-winning drive last week. 
he is good for an interception. And it, a lot of that has to do with um, the ability to get pressure on, on him. And when he's under pressure, under duress, he does the two things, fumbles or pass those interceptions. Eddie Jackson's looking very good for the Bears. I think Eddie Jackson could get one from him. Well, and, and we've now learned, the Redskins have revealed it, of course, uh, NFL teams revealing injury information about their uh, quarterbacks is almost like trying to get news out of the Kremlin back in the old Soviet <laughs> Union on injury information. But they revealed it's a bicep strain right now for Wentz that may be affecting that. So the interception prop is interesting. Uh, as Brad brought up, Chris Farley, we don't expect a lot of points to be scored uh, in this game. Uh, Chicago just doesn't seem to throw it very well. Got a first-year coaching staff. What are your thoughts if no official play here, Chris? Yeah, a lot of unders have been hitting in the NFL so far. So, you know, I think a lot of the public might look to play the under in this one. So I'm, I'm not going to have a play on the total. But I would look, if, if you want to still play an under, I kind of think the first half is better than the second half. You can get 19 and a half or so. Just because both of these teams have been second-half teams as far as, you know, starting to actually produce on offense. Um, so I, I expect a slow beginning, a little bit of wind in this one too, but this is an interesting game for a few reasons. Uh, first of all, I don't think it can get any worse than last <laughs> Thursday night. So hopefully there's a better product this week. Um, Snyder, the uh, owner of the commander is coming out and calling the NFL, the mafia, either that was last <laughs> night or it was this morning, but that's, that's just a weird, it feels like it's a weird situation heading into a primetime game on Amazon prime. So, uh, we'll see if they're, you know, if, if the commentators, even say anything about that. But to Brad's point, this is a really tough game to bet on. Um, I, I do think that Washington has an advantage in the interior part of their defensive line. They've been pretty good against the run. So they could stymie the Bears here. But then, like like Brad mentioned, you have Carson Wentz, on the other hand, who's in position to win games, and he loves to throw a pick <laughs> in those spots. So tough to back either one of these teams. For Washington's sake, I, I was hoping they might go with Heineke in this one, or maybe Sam Howell, just to see what would happen in that situation. Certainly seems like Ron Rivera wants to do that, but uh, I think he's trying to motivate his quarterback and let's see if it works in this one. If Washington ends up blowing this game, either Rivera is going to get fired or we're going to see a change of quarterback or something. So, this is a pretty desperate spot for Washington. Yeah, it is. It is interesting that Rivera came right out when they talked about in the NFC East how the Eagles are undefeated and the Cowboys and the Giants are both four and one. And they point blank said, "What's you know, what's the difference?" And he said flatly, "One word: quarterback." And he didn't mention Carson Wentz by name, but he just kept going on and on about quarterback plays got to be better. Look at the quarterbacks playing for those other three teams. So I admit it makes me wonder if the first series or so, now that we know the injury thing, Brad, back to you, if Wentz doesn't throw that pick early, all right, but if he's bad, might they switch in this game? I know you don't want that uh, with Taylor Heineke, but could that be maybe on the scenario here for, uh, for Washington on a short week with what Rivera said? What do you think real quick? Yeah, I think that uh, the public and the media kind of dictates what happens inside of those situations. In all of the rumblings are the commander, faithful, want to see a change at quarterback. When you have your head coach basically playing the blame game with his quarterback, he's going to be on a very short leash. And I actually think they should go to Sam Howell, um, see what you get out of him. You're not going to be a good team. It's not like Heineke's going to bring you guys to the playoffs. You guys are going to compete for the NFC East title. So why not? See what we can get out of Sam Howell. And Heineke, again, very mobile. Howell is somewhat mobile. Wentz has been beat up. We shall see. Again, there are two official plays, and we didn't say this enough, Brad. Uh, Brian Robinson off of being shot, yes. literally in the offseason, in the left 
uh, leg and in the, how shall we say it, the backside, the rumpus, <laughs> not seriously hurt, but recovering from two gunshot wounds to come back and play in the same NFL season. That is what he's going to do tonight. So Brad is on two different props here for this Commanders-Bears game. That is Robinson to get a touchdown anytime in the game, and he is saying Carson wins to throw a pick and maybe even a pick early in this game. Because once he throws the pick, you're fine with him going to the bench. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> he can throw the pick early, and then you don't care anymore whether wins plays, right? One more exactly. Time. <laughs> Love that. All right, so there is game number one, the Thursday night game. Let's see if we do get a better game where last week in Denver, as Farley knows, they were leaving at the end of regulation in a tied 9-9 game. The Bronco fans were leaving the stadium. Game number two does involve the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My Buccaneers, as I'm part of the radio broadcast, travel on the road to the Steel City of Pittsburgh. First time the Buccaneers have been there in eight years. First time, obviously, there with Tom Brady, but Brady is familiar with the Steelers having played them a bunch with the New England Patriots, including in the postseason, AFC title games, etc. Kenny Pickett still remains the starter. He was okay last week. Uh, they got waxed. They fell way behind, guys, against Buffalo. We see our line is nine and a half on the Bet US line. This has gone up, has it not, gentlemen? This was like eight or eight and a half earlier. It's now nine and a half. So there must be some Bet US money coming in on the Buccaneers. The total is 44. Pickett, the rookie quarterback, against the veteran Tom Brady. We don't have an official play, but Chris Farley, I'm back to you for a thought on Buccaneers trying to make it back to back wins playing in Pittsburgh. Yeah, on paper, right, the Buccaneers' defensive line should be able to dominate this game. Uh, the Steelers don't have much of a rush. I guess everybody probably knows that by now, but a lot of that is because of their offensive line. They just they can't get great protection, they can't run block, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. Uh, when Hakeem Hicks comes back, I'm, you know, that's going to be even even more the case. Uh, but, you know, it's a tough game because the Bucs, another team that really disappointed me last week, I was on them against the Falcons. They allowed 15 unanswered points there yep. in the fourth quarter. You know, kind of slept on that lead. And the Bucs can't run the ball either. So maybe this is a game where the Steelers can kind of hang around. This is the first time the Steelers were this big of a dog in quite a few decades. I think it's like 1980 or something, 1990. Um, I don't know it offhand. At home. At, big, at that home. big of a dog right. at home, right. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, they again, I said this about the Steelers already this year, and it hasn't really amounted to much, but – Typically, they play harder at home. Mike Tomlin is coming off a very embarrassing loss. You know he's using that as motivation. It was kind of a setup last week because they beat the Bills last year in week one. So, you know, the Bills have quite a few games circled this year, including Kansas City this week, which is going to be a great game to talk about. But, you know, maybe this is a game where Pittsburgh, st Pittsburgh sticks around. I just can't trust the Steelers yet either, right? These Both of these teams, it's like the, the Bucks aren't quite where they need to be just yet. I think they're a team to play on down the road. And the Steelers just don't look like the Steelers in a lot of facets. I mean, without T.J. Watt, this is not a formidable defense because they don't get the same pass rush. And that's going to be a problem if you don't get to Brady or if you don't at least, you know, confuse him or, like, have him on the run a little bit, right? We see what Brady does when he has time. So as the offense is coming together, maybe it's a good spot for the Bucks to finally cover one of these darn lines. But I can't trust either one of these teams at this point. 
Interesting. So no official play. Brad Thomas, you did have, for Three Dog Thursday purposes on the show last week, the Falcons, the back door, as you joked on our show, was <laughs> wide open to come back in in the fourth quarter and get some Falcon points to cover the line. Uh, meanwhile, for the Steelers, as Chris was referencing, they have a couple of injuries in the secondary as well. Minka Fitzpatrick and Sutton, uh, one of the defensive backs, don't know if they can play. They didn't. They weren't out there Sunday, and Josh Allen annihilated the secondary last week. Brad, what what do you make of that with the Steelers coming back home reeling after being blown out in Buffalo? Just real quick. Yeah, so this is an interesting line for me. Um, the Steelers got absolutely waxed. And, you know, one thing we've grown, grown to love about the Steelers, their defense this year, they're only 16th in defensive DVOA. And I don't think that they're going to do enough to kind of hold Tampa Bay at bay. But listen. This is a Tampa Bay team who is not going to cover a lot of big spreads this year. And a lot of that, what people are failing to realize, has to do with the coach. Big, big difference here with Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles doesn't care about style points offensively. He wants to win games defensively, which means when a team, when he's up, he's up big. All he wants to do is play good defense. He wants to, to milk the clock and play good defense, which is why you saw the Falcons have a chance to get back into that game. So I do think the Bucks have a very, very good chance of blowing the Steelers out just because that defense is so good. But there's no style points in this one. It's not like the Bills who are coming off a tough game go and play the Steelers and blow them out. No, this is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who can't run the ball, who, who just want to play good defense and want to win games. To them, that's all they care about. All right, so no official play for Brad either. I will say one thing. The Bucks ran it well enough in the first half to get the play action set up. Yep. They're just not a team, guys. And again, I've got insight being part of the radio broadcast. They're not going to try to run it 30, 30 times a game, 25 or 30 times a game. They're just not. They, they're going to try to run it some in the first half. And depending on how it goes, it'll be throw, throw, throw for a lot of the rest of the game. Brady threw it 52 times last week. Uh, just one more time here uh, from from both of you. Is Kenny Pickett going to be good? Is he going to be okay? Is he going to maybe be a detriment in this game and, and turn the ball over? And if he does, it could be a blowout. Farley, you got an opinion on Pickett real quick before we move on? Yeah, I, I think Kenny Pickett is going to be good. Um, I love the edge that he plays with. I love his confidence. He's a quick decision maker. And a lot of times that's – quick decision making is half the battle to be an NFL quarterback, right? You can't pause out there. Don't don't love it for him in this game though. You know, even even though he's at home, I mean, you're going back to back weeks against the Buffalo Bills at Buffalo with a defense that might be better than ever there for Buffalo, and now you got to face the Bucks that can get after you, and that has has a secondary that's young, and they're getting better every week. So uh, it's just not great spots for Kenny Pickett. I wish he could face the Cardinals or something, and you know, make something of it, but he's, he's not. Buccaneer defense, second best in the NFL since 2019 on sacking the quarterback, third best in the NFL since 2019 on takeaways. Those are things that are not in Pickett's favor going against them. A lot of the same personnel over the last four years in that Buccaneer defense. Let's see what happens. Let's move on. We'll stick with an NFC South theme, and that's the New Orleans Saints hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. How about Taysom Hill, the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, uh, was electric in this game with two long touchdown passes and a great touchdown run uh, in this one as well uh, last week at home for them against Seattle. Now they play Cincinnati. Bengals come in as a short favorite in the Superdome. Interesting, we keep referencing Three Dog Thursday. Brad Thomas, all of us stayed away from the Saints as a short underdog at home in the NFL. The total is 43 and a half. Uh, Chris Farley, you're going to have the official play here. What do you like and why? Yeah, so um, week six, I'll just say this to start off. This is one of my favorite weeks so far as far as the positions that I have. You know, we'll see if it comes to fruition. 
But this will be the biggest bet personally for me on the year, and I really like the Bengals in this spot. First of, for, first of all, situationally, we have the Bengals, who are obviously coming off that loss. Easily could have beat the Ravens at Baltimore, but again, Justin Tucker does what he does, right? I mean, the Ravens were not moving the ball very often on Cincinnati. Lamar missed a few passes on them. Uh, but, you know, Justin Tucker saves the day for the Ravens. Okay, that's fine. You know, the Bengals, they got to get to 500. They got to stay in contention. And where is Joey Burrow from, right? Where did he play college football? We know, well, I guess first at Ohio State, but ultimately yeah. LSU with Jamar right, Chase. Right. He's had this spot circled for a long time. And I quote, he said this week, I think he said this yesterday, we're going to play our balls off to get a W here. Sometimes, you know, when, the, when your quarterback is talking like that, it's inspirational. He's focused. Uh, the Bengals, I love how physical they are on defense. I think they're going to match up really well against the Saints. Taysom Hill is obviously a game wrecker. He's like a modern-day Jim Thorpe. But, you know, that's not going to repeat itself every single week. Not against a defense like the Bengals, who have kept the Bengals afloat so far. But this is a really good game for the Bengals wide receivers, for their offense to get right. Marshawn Lattimore should be out of this game. And if he is, that is a huge hole in the secondary for the Saints. If you have to face even two out of three of these dynamic wide receivers for the Bengals, just feels like a spot going back to Louisiana where Joe Burrow can get right. We got it under three. Stick with it. I really love the Bengals this weekend. Brad Thomas, we know the quarterback situation is up in the air uh, because Jameis Winston is trying to practice on a limited basis, hasn't played the last two games, back, small uh, fractures in his back and an ankle injury. They've been going with Andy Dalton as the starter. As Chris was referencing, Taysom Hill came in and threw the two long passes. He's played some spot quarterback. What do we make of the Saints here at home? As he mentioned, Lattimore is doubtful to play. Abdomen injuries, not practicing. Michael Thomas is doubtful to play. Foot injury. What do we make of the Saints? Real quick, Brad. Yeah, the Saints are a team I have zero confidence in betting on. And honestly, they probably should have lost and covered that game last week. If I were to take a team, it would have to be the Bengals. So the Bengals have had troubles protecting Joe Burrow. But the Saints only have a 64 uh, pass rush grade per PFF. And defensively, they're not the... Bank, uh, they're not the Saints of what we thought of last year. And I was one of the people who were was really high on the Saints um, with Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas coming out, Chris Olave, uh, Lattimore being really good. But for some reason, it's just not gelling. Um, it takes it takes uh, heroic efforts from guys like Taysom Hill for them to win or be in games. And that just can't happen. That kind of um, non- normal game script activity doesn't happen from a game-to-game -game basis. So I, I don't have confidence in betting the Saints. My problem is, for some reason, the Saints keep figuring out how to cover games. Um, is that number too low uh, for them to do that this week? Possibly. But for me, it's going to be a stay away. Uh, Seattle, Chris, just one more time, threw all over them, to his yeah. point. Geno Smith threw all over them. So maybe it's also a situation where you look at the over – uh, with the Bengals scoring, and you look at maybe player props for the Bengal receivers. I'm not saying that you're advocating that. I'm just saying they should take a look yeah. because teams, I mean, Minnesota threw on them in the London game as well when they beat them at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Maybe just another thing to look at here yeah. is the Bengals and their weapons. Yeah, no, I like that, TJ. And I think I think the Saints are really missing Marcus Williams too, right? Uh, transferred over to the Baltimore Ravens this year. He's been a difference maker for them, but uh, I think he's still injured. Uh, actually with Baltimore right now. But right. He was he was a significant, you know, you got Marshawn Lattimore on one side and got him on the other. You know, that's some of the best secondary players in the NFL. Uh, they're just not the same team, which is interesting because I was with Brad. I, I thought the Saints team 
could be really feisty, right? A lot of offense from Jameis. We know he can throw it out there and get 5,000 yards if he wants to. He could also get 30 interceptions. But still, <laughs> it leads to a lot of exciting football. And the defense has been historically good. It's just not the same this year. And here comes Joe Burrow. And Andy Dalton, again, has been starting these games. They could have three quarterbacks playing this game before it's over with between Dalton, Winston, and Taysom Hill doing the spot fill-in thing. There is one official play, and let's get to it. It is Chris Farley's official play. He is on the Bengals for this one. He says, lay those two points uh, there for Cincinnati in the Superdome coming on Sunday. All right, we continue a game that is a rematch. Already we have a rematch in the AFC South after the Jaguars shut out and humiliated the Colts early on in the year. The Jaguars now travel to Indianapolis. The Colts with a little extra rest after that rock fight win in Denver that we keep talking about on Thursday Night Football. This is a two-point spread for the Colts. The total is 42. Chris, we're going to come right back to you for an official play here what do you like in this jaguar colts matchup yeah so i think this sets up really well for the colts um maybe a lot of people know this but i'm going to share it anyway i'm not i'm not a big trends guy but historically right we've seen it this year the colts go to jacksonville it happens again right jacksonville puts out the probably what's going to be their performance of the year next to what they did against the chargers and shut out the colts right and now just four short weeks later the Colts, who were coming off a 10 days rest and that awful game against the Broncos, but they survived, right? They eked out a win against the Broncos somehow in Denver. And sometimes that's all you need as a catalyst for your team to be like, okay, we survived the worst of it. Let's get better. We have 10 days to go. Colts are heading back home where the Jaguars haven't beat them since 2017. Shaq Leonard has a chance to play in this game. I know they've been, you know, keeping him out because he just hasn't looked 100%. Even if he's 80%, He's a leader for that defense, right? He's going to make a difference for them. Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, things are, they're, they're optimistic that both of them could go. Hopefully at least one of them can go. But the Jaguars the last two weeks, right, we saw a pretty feisty defense to start off the season. I mean, they shut out the Colts. But lately, in, in you know, two weeks, they allowed 300 total yards of, of rushing. Uh, I think this is a game where the Colts can get going at home. And I'll say this about Matt Ryan. Uh, I love what one of my buddies said on a podcast earlier earlier this week. You know, he's not quite what he used to be, right? But he's tough. I mean, this guy is getting an- annihilated. Uh, yep, he, yep. he fumbled the ball 11 times. Uh, he's taken 21 sacks and seven interceptions in five weeks. Those are astounding, astounding numbers. But he's hanging in there. He hung in there in, in OT, made a few passes that almost seemed impossible. And now they have a, a really good spot set up here take on the Jacksonville Jaguars and to finally get a a winning record back so they can stay competitive in the AFC South. So only way I can look at this one is Indianapolis. I'm going to take the Colts also, again, under under a key number of three. So I like that. Interesting. Uh, Brad Thomas, we see a viewer watching us live here on Thursdays at 1 Eastern time say that Trevor Lawrence needs a get-right game. This should be it. Are you believing they were bad at Houston last week? I don't know how much we credit Houston. They were bad at home with Houston. Uh, do they get it right this week? Is Jacksonville better uh, here in this game offensively, or is it the Colts in revenge? I know you have no official play, Brad. What's your thought on Lawrence? Does he get it on track? Yeah, so I kind of lead Jacksonville here, and the problem that I was facing is, like, the money keeps going on the Colts. So I'm like, why am I getting this reverse line movement? I think the Jacksonville pass rush is still pretty good. It could be better, but it's against the Colts offensive line who can't protect the quarterback to save their lives, and Matt Ryan, who kind of has the Carson Wentz, 
without throwing as many picks where he's just going down. He's not even throwing the ball away or finding the hot route. He's literally just going down and taking sacks. Those negative plays start to add up. And especially with a young Jags team, when you have plays like that, those are momentum and confidence boosters. So if they can get to Matt Ryan early, they're going to be at after him all game. And for Trevor Lawrence, like I don't ex- if if Leonard's playing, I don't expect a, a magical performance from Trevor Lawrence. I just expect him to be good enough. Um, so I, if I were to bet this game, it would be Jags money line and not the points. It's only a two-and-a-half-point spread. I don't think this is a, a two-point game by the by the Colts. If the Colts win, they probably win this one easily because they're just not just not uh, executing on the field for the Jaguars. So for me, I, I still lean Jags. Understood. Chris, one more point. Jonathan Taylor is still a question mark midweek with the toe injury. This may bother him short-term and the rest of the year. Those things can be nagging, lingering uh, issues and injuries, and they are not the same offense if he's not helping them make them, uh, you know, at least two-dimensional here, being able to run the ball, set up the play action. That's a big factor moving, not just this game, but moving forward for the Colts, right? Real quick, Jonathan Taylor. Oh, it's a huge factor, right? And we really haven't seen Jonathan Taylor be Jonathan Taylor yet this season now because of the nagging injuries and because of the way the offensive line has played. Uh, I just think, I mean, to Brad's point, right, the Colts haven't shown us a lot. I mean, I, I was I was against the Colts last week on Thursday Night Football. I was I was on the Broncos. I don't know how the hell they eked out that win. Uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm still upset about that because I went aggressive and took a parley on this show. Feels like it should have hit again, but, you know, here we go. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, it just sets up as one of those games where, like, the Colts off of 10 days rest are going to pull out all the stops, right? I mean, they're at home. They can do flea flickers. You know, they can, you know, bring in the wide receivers to become more of a part of it. That's kind of what happens in these games sometimes when these teams have it circled as like a must-win situation. You can't lose two games to a Jaguars team that could very – I mean, it's it's reasonable to see them winning this division, right? I mean, you can't go down 0-2 to them and then be two to three games back of the Titans. So it just wouldn't be a good hole for them. We'll see what happens. But spot-wise, it sets up well for them. All right, and again, uh, the play for Chris is on the Colts here in this instance. We'll lock him in with Indianapolis on the show here at minus two for this matchup. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what happens here. He will take the Colts in this. And by the way, if they win the game for all the struggles, they're 3-3-1 and right now at this stage. Yeah, I mean, so... And that could be in the wild card hunt, because remember, there's extra wild card teams. That could be in the wild card hunt down the road if they can get the win, if they can bounce back on that one. Let's move on to a very intriguing game, uh, an AFC North team in the Cleveland Browns against an AFC East team in the New England Patriots. New England comes in as a two and a half point uh, underdog here. This was a big topic on our Three Dog Thursday show. Now here we are on the Bet US NFL show. Our line is 43 and a half. There is not an official play, but Brad Thomas, I'm going to bring you in here right away. I love this spot on Three Dog Thursday for the Patriots, but you were kind of poo-pooing that. So let's go with you first. Why are you not big on New England here at Cleveland, Brad? Yeah, this game feels kind of weird to me, right? So, like, we've noticed New England has done a lot better against the run, right? But if you look at their underlying metrics, uh, their 56 rush defense on PFF, and then their DVOA unadjusted rush metric of 29th in the NFL against the run, it just has a, a feel that for some reason 
the Cleveland Browns at home are going to be able to run the ball a lot with their double-headed monster. For me, it would have to be weeks on and weeks on of consistency from the New England Patriots rush defense. And I probably want to be a little bit safer in having the Patriots at home. I do think, and this is going to be kind of crazy, but I do think uh, Zappi is going to be a very good quarterback. I think that he is going to shine if he gets the chance to play. But it's going to be one of those things where you're going to have to stop this efficient Browns run attack pretty much all game and keep pace with them. I don't want to get into a shootout with the Browns backing a rookie quarterback. Um, It's just something I'm just not interested in. All right, Farley loves it because occasionally I come through with good numbers, good stats, et cetera. Are you ready, Chris Farley? The New England Patriots have been a road underdog the last three seasons five times. That includes earlier this year at Lambeau where Brian Hoyer was the quarterback, went out with the concussion, Zappi came in. They lost in overtime. They still covered. Any guess out of the five times how many times Bill Belichick is covered on the road with the New England Patriots? Go ahead and put the five fingers on <laughs> all five times oh, they have covered. Here they are as a road dog. Again, you don't get them often in this spot. All right, you don't have an official play uh, here, but what is your thought on New England off a big win at home over Detroit, now going on the road? What is your thought on the Patriots playing some defense, running the ball, and finding a way to squeak out a win? Any thoughts here? Yeah, so the Browns are 3-2, and two, right? So – uh, if they if if they won that game last week, what do you think the line is for this game, right? Because Jacoby Brissett went all the way down the field. Uh, they should have won that game, right? I mean, they that's what. I mean, well, first of all, let's happened. back up. First of all, can we back up? What is Brandon Staley doing going forward on fourth down at midfield, fourth and three or whatever? I know you're trying to prove a point that you're Mr. Analytics and Mr. Fourth Down, but you are handing the game to Cleveland on a silver platter if you don't make it because they've only got to go a few yards and kick the field goal. He, He got the benefit of a missed kick, keeping him from being maybe in the frying pan to be fired doing this kind of stuff. So that, I mean, that was the end of that game last week. It was handed to Cleveland. And in Brown's fashion, Chris Farley, they couldn't take it. They missed the field goal and lost the game anyway. I know. And, and then, well, right. So that's that's what we saw last week is two underperforming teams, right? The Browns and the Chargers are very similar in that way. Rosters are still really good, right? But they just they just underwhelm almost every week. But the Browns seem to go like this. You know, I keep on doing that on the show. But they teeter-totter. And, you know, some weeks it's like this is a very serious team. And if Deshaun Watson comes back and he's pretty good – they're going to be a really dangerous team, uh, you know, but then they falter at the end of some of these games, right? Whether they make the, if, if the Chargers went for that field goal, the Browns still went all the way down the field in position to score a touchdown and go ahead in that game. That interception by Jacoby Brissett was bad because he played a great game again. He's just throwing picks at the wrong times. But I agree with Brad. I think this is, a, this feels like a Browns game because it's set up really well for them. The Patriots are quietly allowing 4.8 yards per carry to their opponents. That's not good. Uh, and, you know, you're about to go up against Nick Chubb, uh, Hunt. I mean, these, you know, the most dynamic duo, the number one rushing team in the NFL. And, you know, that's not a joke, right? They can control the game when that happens. On the other side, Damian Harris is still a little banged up for the Patriots. If they yep, have to yep. go all with Stevenson, who's really not used to playing that role, then they're already at a deficit, right? And that's what the Patriots want to do. They want to run the ball. So it's going to force Zappi into situations where he has to throw it. I agree with Brad. I think he could be a pretty good player, but I don't know if he's ready for the spot just yet. Could be a sloppy game too, so it kind of favors the run for Cleveland. Uh, you know, jury's still out on the weather because that keeps on going up and down too. But 
I, I kind of like this spot better for the Browns, and at least the line is right, right? If the Browns win last week, this is probably three and a half or so, maybe. You know, at least that's what I would say. But then you want to take the Patriots, right? I think this is going to be a field goal game, and I think the Browns cover. But I don't have a plan. Right. <laughs> no official play from either handicapper here on this one. And again, New England trying to ham and egg their way through this without Mac Jones, without Hoyer. Hoyer has not cleared concussion protocol as of yet, so it looks like Bailey Zappi, the rookie, is probably going to be the quarterback. You mentioned Damian Harris, the running back, injured hamstring for him. Doubtful to play. Can New England pull it out? We will find out. We will watch. We will see. All right, let's move on here again as we go through every game on the BetUS NFL show up next. We've got the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 off of a big win at home over Miami against the smarting Green Bay Packers. They went all the way to England, and they were beaten by someone's New York Giants, Chris Farley. The uh, line is seven here still for Green Bay at home. The total is 45, so back-to-back games against New York teams here. Uh, Chris Farley, let's go right back to you. Not an official play, but a thought on the Jets, who suddenly have found something with a couple of wins, playing a Green Bay team off a loss and then off a lot of jet lag flying back from England. Yeah, this reminds me a little bit of the Vikings and Bears last week, right? That, that game landed right at seven, and... Uh, you know, that's another game that I really liked, the Vikings, and they didn't cover. They let the Bears come back in, the, in that one. And if this was six and a half, I'd probably favor the Packers. If it was seven and a half, I'd probably favor the Jets. Uh, but it's just it's just a tough game because we're used to, again, historically, teams like the Bucks, teams like the Vikings, and teams like the Packers taking care of business after bad losses, especially at home, right? And now they're seven-point dogs to what we all have in our head as, oh, it's the Jets. It's just the Jets. It's, you know, it's not a big deal. But the, the problem is, even though, of course, Teddy Bridgewater was injured in that last game against the Jets, uh, so kind of you know you kind of throw that game away, at the same time, the Jets played a really complete game, a lot of big plays on defense. They were moving the ball against a pretty good defense in the Dolphins. So now, you know, Zach Wilson, I would say, he's probably due for some big mistakes. You know, I mean, he looks pretty good so far, and I, that's not what I've expected to see from him. But Typically, this is a spot. Aaron Rodgers coming back home. He takes care of business. They blow out a team like the Jets, who's not quite ready for it yet. But that's why I, I haven't had a play on this game yet, because I don't know which side is going to show up more. I don't know which team I trust more yet. But the Jets, to their credit, uh, they're finding ways to win games. I mean, two of those games pretty phony, though, guys. But, but hey, they got three wins. It is what it is. Brees Hall ran it well last week. Brad Thomas, I know uh, Chris does not have an official play. You do not either. A viewer watching us here on BetUS, uh, Aramis or Aramis, however he pronounces it, was saying, what about the under? He teased it up to a 49 for a total and loves the under lack of scoring. Any thought on that, Brad? Yeah, so first I'll say I no, there's no knock on him or anything. Personally, I don't tease totals. Um, I just think there's just a lot of variance. Uh, the numbers are actually sharper for the, for the spread, which is why uh, makes teasers very valuable in the NFL. I'll probably be on the Jets. Um, I'm waiting to see if I can get a seven and a half, maybe possibly an eight. See how much steam we can get going on the on the on the Packers. Um, listen, so this Jets team, and, and none of these things I'm going to say are going to be too backed up by numbers, right? Because if we look at numbers, we know that Aaron Rodgers' last nine games coming off a loss is 9-0 against the spread, 9-0 straight up. I don't care about those numbers. This is not a good Packers team. They're okay, you know, but I, when you're talking about good, I want I, I want to 
have a good team when we're talking to cover eight points. This Jets team on the other side plays with a little bit of swagger, and that starts actually defensively with Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner could probably be the defensive player of the year. He's been great in coverage. He's getting his hands on the ball. Then on the other side of the ball, you have Brees Hall, who looks like a guy you need to get the ball into his hands. Anytime you have a young quarterback uh, with Zach Wilson in his year two, it's important to get them a running back who makes life easy for them. Yeah, you know, because now teams have to actually think about, should we load the box or should we drop a ton in right. coverage? And that makes life easier for Zach Wilson. I think that this Jets team under Salah has get, gotten a lot better. They're playing with a little bit of swagger, and they're going to be a team throughout the entire season who are going to cover a ton of spreads. I don't know if they're going to translate to wins, but when you have, when you get close to seven, the two-possession game, the seven and a half, then it's something I'm getting a little enticed by. All right. No official play, though, at the moment where the Correct. line is on Thursday. Uh, and again, yeah, for the Green Bay yep, and for the Green Bay Packers here, uh, you wonder about the jet lag thing. I mean, they have customarily given teams the week off after the international game, but they did not do it for the Vikings and the Saints. And now they're not doing it this week for the Packers and the Giants, which some of the teams are already saying, hey, what's the deal with this? That if it was, you know, some of the more elite teams, maybe, I mean, Green Bay saying, what's the deal? But some of the more elite teams would get a bye week after being uh, 4,000 miles across the Atlantic playing a game uh, internationally. But nonetheless, these guys will be in there. The Jets in Green Bay, love the stat there from Brad uh, about uh, Aaron Rodgers, nine for nine off a loss in recent history on covering the spread and even winning the game outright. But no official play on this one. All right, let's move on as we go through every game here on the BetUS NFL show. We're glad you're with us live Thursdays at 1 Eastern time. Baltimore Ravens at the New York Giants. Brother Farley, the G-Man, surprising right now at 4-1. and one. They got that win in England against the Green Bay Packers. And now Baltimore comes in off the Sunday night win over Cincinnati as a 5.5-point road favorite. The total is 45 in this one. And Chris Farley, we're coming to you for a play. Before I even got on the show and sh and saw the sheet, I'm saying, I bet Farley's on the Giants. I bet Farley's <laughs> on the Giants. And in fact, Farley is on the Giants. What's up? Yeah, which is scary for me because historically, especially the last five years, I won a lot of money fading the Giants. But this is this is a different team, and I think we really saw that like all rolled into one example last week in London, right? You love seeing Coach Dayball run off the field all, all amped up like that. You just love to see that in a coach. He's clearly changing the way the Giants are playing the game. I have this game at three and a half to four because I give a little more respect to the Giants, obviously. But interesting thing about these five to five and a half point underdogs this year. They're six and one ATS. Four of those, four, four out of the seven have one straight up. And it's just that weird line, right? It's like almost as if the odds makers are saying, we don't know what to do with this. Maybe we should give the Giants a little more credit, be three or four. Maybe we, you know, maybe the Ravens can blow them out, bring it up to six or seven, but it's just hanging out there, hanging out there. And the thing about the Ravens is I think there's a little fake news going on right now with the Baltimore Ravens. It's all big plays, right? They can't sustain drives. It's a lot of Justin Tucker just, you know, booting at 60 yards. And they allow five yards per carry against opposing rushing offenses. So if you let Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones get going in this game, which that has been working. Um, this is a defense that's going to fight really hard. I said at the very start of the year, I don't trust the Baltimore wide receivers. Bateman is probably still a little banged up. And, you know, game to game, I think that's true. I don't, like, they're not a very imposing group, right? So I think a defense like the Giants that plays really hard is starting to get to the quarterback a little bit more. 
Of course, it is Lamar Jackson, so he could drive them crazy and just like run, you know, for touchdowns the whole game. But he's trying to pass the ball, right? He's trying to prove that side of himself more. You see that he's trying to stay in the pocket. So this is a game where the Giants should be able to keep it close, in my opinion. Again, I have it at three and a half, so I have I show significant value here on the Giants at home. Oh, I'll, I'll be at this game, by the way. Nice. So you will be in attendance. Wants to send me to you know interview a player afterwards. I'm happy to do that. You guys, let me know. He's putting it out there that if the Giants do end up losing, it is now his fault that he's gone in person <laughs> and cursed them in this case after taking them on the show. Brad Thomas, Lamar Jackson had a couple of uh, horrific overthrow misses or else they win that game maybe a little easier with Cincinnati uh, where he had bomb walk-in touchdowns that he just overthrew the receiver, didn't make it happen on that. They still got the Justin Tucker field goal. They got the win. Do the Giants have a little mojo working here? Saquon Barkley, I know he's been banged up. But they're playing him at Wildcat quarterback. He's making plays even in the pass game, et cetera. Are the G-Men about to pop to 5-1 and one if they somehow beat the Ravens? I know you don't have an official play, but a thought, Brad? This game's funny to me, right? Like, what's for me, I'm all about culture, and I'm all about how does that culture align with the numbers. And for both of these teams, their culture and their attitude and their win total is higher than their underlying metrics. Like, on paper – the Giants aren't a good team. And, you know, I even on Three Dog Thursday, I bet on the yep. Giants, you know, yep. because sometimes culture wins out. So that so I kind of do lean the Giants here. Um, Daniel Jones, he's been an interesting quarterback, right? He, he, he He's had to run for his life. He's, he's had games where he's looked great. He had a game where he looked poor. I think against this Ravens secondary, he has the opportunity with a Saquon Barkley running the ball very well to actually look better. And on the other side of the ball with the Ravens, yeah, they get JPP, but – what does JPP have left? Uh, the jury's still out on that. And most importantly, if Bateman's not 100%, you talked about those overthrows, right? A lot of those overthrows were to Duvernay, who has world-class speed, but they don't, you know, they don't target him like that in practice. They don't target him like that in games without Bateman. And it, you could tell that that chemistry is not quite there just yet. Maybe it'll mesh a little bit later. But for me, it would have to be the Giants. I kind of wanted a little bit closer to seven and a half. I don't know. I think that five and a half number is a key number in the NFL, which makes me okay if you guys want to play the Giants. It's a very key number. But for me personally, I was looking for a little bit more with two teams that have both been exceeding expectations. All right. Nonetheless, the Giants four and one against the number. And Chris Farley says, gimme, gimme, gimme. He's going on the record with the New York football Giants plus the five and a half against the Ravens in this one with a chance to win it and be five and one. Are you kidding me if they can get to that? All right, let's continue on the BetUS show. Next up, the Miami Dolphins and the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings kind of a quiet four and one. Dolphins reeling right now due to quarterback situation. Teddy Bridgewater being hurt early in that Jets game last week, another concussion. They've already ruled uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa out for this game, second straight game because of his Thursday night football concussion. The line is three and a half. Minnesota favored by three and a half at Miami. Skylar Thompson, the Kansas State rookie is the quarterback for Miami as it stands right now. The The total is 46 uh, for this game, and we're going to come right back to Chris Farley because I think you've got a couple of things you're looking at here for this one. What do you like and why? Yep, I'm looking at the Dolphins side completely in this one, and you know a lot of that is a fate of the Minnesota Vikings. I just I don't like what I'm seeing from the Vikings so far, especially on defense. Obviously, they have world-class talent on offense, but they're kind of conservative, you know, and they're more of a finesse team. You know, they can sit on leads. 
Uh, they don't like to dominate teams, especially. I mean, week one, I guess that was the one time that will happen against the Packers, but we're just not seeing that brand of the Vikings ever since week one. And this is a great setup for the Dolphins. I mean, two straight losses now. It's a desperate spot. Obviously, Skylar Thompson is going to play a quarterback. So you'd think, you know, you take a look at that and you're like, oh, well, you know, I got to play on the Vikings here. Skylar Thompson didn't look that bad last week. He looked pretty darn good in the preseason. And I think, you know, with time to scheme for the Dolphins and for time to get ready for this game, um, their offense should do better. The Vikings are a soft, soft defense. I mean, they let the they let the Bears come back in that game, punch them in the mouth. They couldn't stop them for two and a half quarters. You know, they were winning. They were winning heading into the fourth quarter against the Vikings. And a lot of that is an indictment on that Vikings defense. One of the worst defenses against uh, opposing quarterbacks completion percentage in the red zone. They do not prevent teams from scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And what do the Dolphins do, right? How do they thrive? They get their passing game going. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill took the ping pong table out of the locker room. Let's get serious, Ooh. guys. We need to win this game. You know, I've always said the old axioms from Vince Lombardi, uh, from George Hallis, all the great coaches of the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s, that if you want to get serious about winning, you got to get rid of the ping pong table. (laughs) Keep going. Got to get rid of the ping pong tables. It's uh, it it was just it was just a moment of leadership, you know. And and I like that, right? They treated it seriously. Tyreek Hill's going to play in this game. Uh, you know, listen, I I don't think that the Dolphins are are necessarily going to wax, you know, the Vikings in this one. But they are at home. They need to win to stay in AFC East competition. And, hey, at home, this is a great setup for them off two losses. And, again, how, how, how do you trust the Vikings defense? I just don't. He likes the spot here. Brad Thomas, we've seen a couple of people weighing in. Is it me? Uh, Kirk Cousins, they've been winning. But even last week against the Bears, he makes some throws where – is regression the right word, where at times he is just regressing and making throws that a rookie makes in games? And, and it has Viking fans going crazy at times. What's your thought on Cousins? Because the Vikings are the road favorite here, Brad. Yeah, I actually wouldn't say it's regression. I just don't think Kirk Cousins was all that good coming out of college. You guys have to remember, this is a Kirk Cousins who was drafted to be a backup. And now he's making a boatload of money. Kirk Cousins does what he needs to do to try to find wins, and he still makes those mistakes because that's just not the guy he is. He's never going to be a superstar. He's never going to – no offense – going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's not. And in this game, I actually – for me, it was tough to handicap, right? The the Miami Dolphins are the worst team in the NFL against the pass unadjusted. Unadjusted means a lot, and it counts for a lot because they played against quarterbacks who went absolutely berserk. They went against a Josh Allen. They went against a Joe Burrow. They went against a Lamar Jackson. So it's kind of unfair to to base their their success on the quarterbacks they played, right? And then you have a Vikings team who's playing against a rookie quarterback, who's playing against Tyreek Hill, who has a knock, who's playing against uh, Jalen Waddle, who has a knock, who's playing against an entire team whose morale has been down. But then we have the greatest equalizer in this game, the Miami Sun, Uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings, this northern team, is going to have to play with a lot of players who played in northern states. Is going to have to play the entire time while being on the opposing sideline. If you guys have never been to that stadium, it's actually a straight cut across shadow uh, where the home side gets the shade, the away side gets the sun. And I, I right. just don't like don't like this game. So, and for me, I, man, Miami has the greatest equalizer there. But are you? Am I going to be the person who's going to trust a banged up a wide receiver core who makes all of the difference? And Skylar Thompson, I don't think so. I think I'd rather just 
watch this game and root for any player that I have in fantasy purposes. I will say this in my last take on this. I do think Justin Jefferson goes absolutely berserk. So if you guys want to play uh, Justin Jefferson to score a touchdown, Justin Jefferson yards, I probably would mark his yards at like 78 and a half. I wouldn't play anything over 80 and a half, 80 and a half but I think that he does clear 100. Interesting. And again, that relies on Cousins being able to get him the ball, if that's the case. Uh, Again, Miami will put Minnesota in those dark purple jerseys and see if they can wear them down. Can they do that with a rookie quarterback? We'll see. Chris Farley's believing in them, and you've got a couple of plays, correct, on this game. Uh, Officially, he likes the Dolphins, and he likes the Dolphins team total as well, doubling up here on the BetUS NFL show for a Thursday. Again, we're live Thursdays at one. We are seeing that the live audience is growing and growing and growing. Thank you for finding us. Hit the like button, hit the bell down below. Make sure that you're subscribed. We're here Thursdays. Uh, We got uh, live comments uh, rattling off in the chat. You see those coming up on the screen down here at the bottom. We appreciate all of you that are finding us here on BetUS. Let's move on to an intriguing game involving the San Francisco 49ers and the Atlanta Falcons. They used to be old NFC West rivals, but now the division's changed, you know, some 15, 20 years ago. So they don't play each other every year. Um, Again, the Falcons, I just saw them firsthand at field level. They hung in. That's the best thing you can say for them. They hung in and made the game closer with the Buccaneers after being down 21-0. The game was 21-15. How about San Francisco comes all the way across the country, wins in Carolina. They stay out on the road. They did not go back to San Francisco. They stay in the Eastern time zone to now come south and play Atlanta as a six-point favorite. The total is 44-and-a-half for this one. We do not have an official play, but Brad Thomas, I'm going to come right back to you because we're in the Buccaneer camp here. You as a fan, me on their broadcast. They showed something in the fourth quarter. They could have gotten rolled in that game. They hung in. Does it translate against a good defensive San Francisco team? What is your thought if no official play? No, I, 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 this is a game where I think the Atlanta Falcons probably break that undefeated uh, against the spread spree. Um, also, I need to make sure that some of these guys on that defensive line for the 49ers are playing. Like uh, Nick Bosa, um, you know, he didn't start uh, practicing early in the week. Um, Javon Kinlaw, I don't think, still has practice. That's very important. Um, but if either of those guys go, both of those guys go, it's absolutely scary hours for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I think this defense is top three defense in the NFL. And the Falcons, you know, for some reason, they keep covering spreads. They have a really nice-looking offense. Um, even without Patterson, they started really well. Um, so this is a game where it's going to be a wait and see for me. And I'm going to literally turn on every Twitter notification I have. Because if I see Nick Bosa's name that says starter, I am backing the minus six here because that's how disruptive he is. And when you disrupt a team who's relying on a quarterback who's not one of the most efficient passers but would rather run first, uh, I think it it provides for a a long night for that offense. All right. Interesting here, Chris Farley, that the 49ers a couple of previous times with a lot of the same personnel have done this thing of stay in the Eastern time zone and play back-to-back road games, and they've either won and or covered the second game for whatever that's worth. Uh, As Brad mentioned, Chris Farley, uh, no Cordero Patterson. He's on injured reserve, bad foot. Kyle Pitts is not practicing midweek, still hamstring injury. He is questionable at best to play in the game. I know you don't have an official play, but Atlanta hosting San Francisco. Any quick thoughts? Uh, Yeah, this is just really tough. Uh, Brad kind of said it all here. I will say about the 49ers, they have a look-ahead spot a little bit against the Chiefs next week at home. So if it, it, you know if there was a spot where San Francisco maybe doesn't look as crisp, 
right? Second road trip game. They're about to go back home. It's not really a meaningful game, uh, you know, to them overall. But San Francisco has been absolutely dominant on defense. You know, even when some of their players were starting to go out of the game, they didn't really take their uh, foot off the pedal there on defense. So as I lose my voice, I'm just saying uh, I don't know how to play on this one. But I wouldn't be surprised. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised either way. All right, save that voice for some of your official plays a little later in the show. We still got we got to go the full 15 rounds, babe, here on the BetUS NFL show. He's got the beverage going there. No official play on San Francisco, Atlanta, and the 49ers right now looking good in the West if they can keep winning uh, with the start that they've gotten off to, especially winning games away from home. All right, speaking of the West, what is up with the L.A. Rams who lost to those 49ers in San Francisco on Monday Night Football? Then the Cowboys come in and beat them last week. All right. On paper, this looks like an easy setup for the Rams with Carolina coming in well, with Christian McCaffrey. Doesn't look like Baker Mayfield is going to be able to play. High ankle sprain. Are they going to P.J. Tucker, the third quarterback? They have fired the coach, boys, uh, with Matt Rule. Goodbye. Fired. So Steve Wilkes, the former one-year coach of the Arizona Cardinals, he's the interim coach now. They go out west to play the Rams. Brad, I'm going to come right back to you. There's no official play here. Uh, that is a 10-point line. Any thought here if no official play on the Rams who have got to get well at some point? Do they get well at the hands of the Panthers here? Yeah, I wish I had this stat, but there's a remarkable stat for double-digit favorites at home where they cover a ton. Um And I think this is a perfect spot for the Rams. If you're a Rams backer, someone who just loves betting Rams against the spread for some reason, I think this is the spot you want it. Uh, The Panthers are in total disarray. Um, I don't know how they're going to stop this pass rush. I think that whoever plays quarterback, whoever plays running back is going to be in a heap of trouble. Um, I just don't like laying this many points in the NFL. Maybe look as a teaser spot. When you have big spreads like this, you need uh, a Buffalo Bills versus Pittsburgh Steelers situation where they score so many points so early that there's no backdoor available. The teams just don't care. They don't try. But when you have a team like the Panthers who have a mediocre defense, they could possibly hang around. Maybe it'd be a 17 point game heading to the fourth quarter. They score 10 nonsense points, then you lose your cover. So for me, that's a reason it's a no bet. But I mean, if you're on a side, I feel like it has to be the Rams. And again, the quarterback situation's a mess. Sam Darnold has been hurt. Now Baker Mayfield is hurt. That hampers Carolina. They were not showing great effort on trying to tackle and play defense, and that is part of why Rule is gone and the defensive coordinator is gone and Steve Wilkes is a defensive guy. But I don't know. This is maybe the week where the Rams get well. Chris, any quick thought here? I know you don't have an official play. You're trying to save up the voice. Any thoughts here? I don't, I don't have an official play. Um, a lot of great comments from people watching, by the way, so we appreciate yep. that. Um, yeah, I, you know, initially, so I took the Rams minus nine as a personal play as soon as it came out. Uh, but then, you know, with the Matt rule firing, you know, that could really, that can inspire teams sometimes, right? There's some kind of change at the helm. Uh, PJ Walker, if he plays, he can move around definitely more than Baker Mayfield can. <laughs> but at the same time, do you really want to back the Panthers on the road when the Rams, I mean, they desperately, desperately need to get right. But this is a really good setup for the Rams. But the Rams, they qualify as a bottom-tier offense, a uh, very mediocre defense, right? It's all like Skoranek, 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 you know, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. There's just like really nothing going on for the Rams. So it's it's tough to trust them, too. And the Panthers do have a decent defense. So maybe the Panthers hang around with that. But as, as you can tell, um, I'm not overly eager to wager anymore in this contest. 
All right. Uh, and by the way, thank you to the viewer because I often get it confused and say P.J. Tucker, the NBA player. It's P.J. Walker, who is the quarterback yes. uh, there for the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if that's going to make a difference or mean much. Are the Rams really going to lose for a third time at home in the first six weeks of the season? The defending Super Bowl champs, you got to take a look at that, too. Interesting with the 10-point line uh, that's there. It's a lot. Uh, you know, reportedly they're negotiating with Odell Beckham too about trying to bring him back. Beckham says he's going to be ready in a couple of weeks. He's a free agent. Uh, he said the Rams' offer was less than in, in, in he's less enthusiastic about the Rams' offer. I'm paraphrasing him there. Uh, so he may play the field here as a free agent. We'll see. We'll see if the Rams get well or not. As some are saying here in our live chat, you're seeing their comments. Maybe it is their week that they get well and they roll here offense. Maybe they get the run game going, too, against Carolina, if that's the case at home. So no official play on this one with the defending champs hosting Carolina. Let's move on to a game in Seattle. Speaking of the West, we'll stay in the NFC West, where the Seahawks come home off of the tough game, the high-scoring loss to the New Orleans Saints. Meanwhile, Arizona played a back-and-forth game against unbeaten Philadelphia and could not, could not make the field goal to tie the game and put it in overtime. So Philly stayed undefeated. Kyler Murray plays erratically, seems to at times play better on the road. They are a three-point road favorite there. That is a bit of a surprise uh, in this one. And we're going to go to Brad Thomas uh, because you already tipped this on Three Dog Thursday, a brother show that is out on the BetUS TV platform here. And uh, I think I know which way you're headed again here on the NFL show. What do you like, Brad, officially? Absolutely. I did not change my stance. I actually like it more and more that I talk about it. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, plus three against Arizona. Arizona is a team who w needed improvements uh, over the offseason, and they really didn't do that. I think they offensively, they really are just praying that uh, New Hopkins comes back still one more week until he comes back because they just don't look fluid. Uh, you would think an offensive mastermind like Kingsbury is going to have this team efficient and rolling and doing things great, but he's not. Uh, and, and, and anybody wants to make the jokes about Kyler Murray, and uh, it could be his problem. It could be Kyler Murray not understanding defenses the way he should, not prepping the way a leader should. But either way, I cannot forgive them. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they're not getting pressure on the quarterback. They're not very great in coverage. And then you have Geno Smith for the Seahawks, who leads the league in passer rating, leads the league in per completion percentage. He has a myriad of weapons in, in Disley. Excuse me, that's funny. I said the Titans name first as the weapon. But Disley, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. And now, I've been so excited for this. We get to see what Kenneth Walker is all about. If you guys notice, if you guys, any of you guys college football fans, Kenneth Walker not being on Michigan State might have been the biggest hurt for Michigan State this season. They've looked terrible in the run game. Now he gets to bring all that skills that's going to translate very well to the NFL against a team that is not very good at tackling. I expect a big game out of him. I'm very excited. I think they win out. I, I don't think. I have them winning outright. Um, it's going to be a fun spot for me. Interesting on the game time, just real quick, Chris, before we get a comment from you as Brad is going officially on the Seahawks, is the Mariners may or may not be playing a game four of the American League Divisional Series with Houston. Depends on if they get swept. If they are still alive for game four, they lost game one already. If they're alive for game four, they actually will delay this Seahawks game by about 90 minutes because in downtown Seattle, if you're familiar with it, the two stadiums are right by each other. you got a traffic nightmare as it is. 
Uh, these would be the first Seattle Mariner home playoff games in 22 years, by the way. So you've got that going on. You're going to have a full house for the Mariners baseball game. You're going to have a full house uh, for the Seahawks game. So the Seahawks game may be a little bit delayed for what it's worth by about 90 minutes or so if the Mariners are still playing. Just give me a thought, Chris, real quick. You don't have an official play on Arizona. Can we trust them at all at this stage? They're the road favorite here at Seattle. Quick thought. Well, so far we can't trust them at all in the first half. And, you know, maybe that's why this line is a little suggestive. Maybe this is their opportunity to finally do something in the first half of a football game because the Seattle defense hasn't really stopped anyone either, right? I mean, they're very porous, uh, you know, multiple sides of their defense. Uh, that being said, the jury's out. You know, Geno Smith is a good quarterback right now, and I, I dare say very good quarterback. He's making he's making some throws that you just, you know, only five to ten quarterbacks in the NFL can do right now. So, so you know, he, he is playing well. He's making good decisions. You got the 12th man there, you know, assuming that there's not less people at this game if the Mariners are in town. Uh, the Mariners should have won game one, by the way. That was crazy. Oh, happened. yeah. Good, good for Houston. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm on Seattle's side here too. It just it's a little scary that it's three for me because I think Seattle deserves a little more respect at home at this point. You know, like are the Cardinals uh, four to five points better than the Seahawks, right? Because if the Seahawks are getting some love for being at home on a neutral field, that's what this is saying. I don't agree with that at all. So it's just a little the line is just a little weird for me. So uh, not an official pick on the show, but I side with the Seahawks unofficially. One other thing, as uh, Brad alluded to, Rashawn Penny now out for the year, it looks like, due to injury. So Kenneth Walker will be the workhorse running back, you would think, in this game for the Seahawks. Had the long touchdown run in the Superdome last week. We'll see if it translates. There is one official play, and Brad Thomas making it on this game. He says Seattle. He says Seattle outright. Take the three points uh, to get the win here at home in this NFC West showdown with Arizona. Home stretch here for us. Final games that we're uh, featuring and previewing on the BetUS NFL show. Again, we are uh, grateful to all of you that are finding us live here on the program Thursdays at 1. You see it right there on the screen. We're here Thursdays at 1 live. So if you're seeing us later on Thursday, Friday, etc., if you're seeing this pieced out uh, from the different games, we break every game out from BetUS. They do a great job behind the scenes of giving you every game individually. Live show with your comments Thursdays at 1. Thank you to all of us. Uh, from all of us to you that have found us uh, here live, hit the like button, hit the bell, make sure you're subscribing, make sure that you're here with us as part of the Bet US NFL show on Thursdays. Three to go. We saved uh, two outstanding ones here for the end. That is Buffalo and Kansas City. Rematch of what was a wild playoff win by the Chiefs coming from behind to tie the game in the AFC playoffs in the final seconds, win the game in overtime with a touchdown. Buffalo's still bitter about that. In fact, Buffalo's lost the last four times they've played Kansas City, regular season and the playoffs. Yet the Bills, off of that demolition job of the Steelers, are the road favorite laying three. The total 54 in this game. Uh, we do have an official play, and we're going back to Brad Thomas for it. What do you like with the Chiefs off that close escape job win on Monday Night Football? What do you like here, Brad? Yeah, I like Kansas City Chiefs uh, plus three here. I gave us that on Three Dog Thursday. And this is a game where I thought if I were going to get catch a field goal, I'd have to take it. This game's being played in Arrowhead. Uh, one thing I talked about that I want to make sure I highlight in this game is how this deep, how this offense for Kansas City is much different. 
So Kansas City, you know, they relied on big plays. They relied on getting the ball in Kelsey and Tyreek's hands. Now they have a little bit of different way they play. They are more involved in the backfield. And by involved in the backfield, not necessarily handing the ball off, but using a lot of misdirections, which allows for their wide receivers like uh, Valdez Scantling to run deeper routes, but comeback routes that allow for that spacing for the pickup the five to 10 yards. They're not going to be a team that's going to blow the top off a of defense, but they're going to be efficient and push and push and push against a bill side who right now, while they're dealing with injuries are a little bit overrated. And by overrated, that's like, that's a saying because they're on this planet Neptune. We need to bring them back down to reality, a road, tough road game. I think this is going to be a lot like when they played the Ravens, where the Ravens pretty much did everything they wanted, made a couple bonehead decisions that kind of cost them the game. I think the Kansas City Chiefs uh, getting a field goal here, I feel pretty confident that this game is going to be decided by three or less. All right. Farley's getting a proposal in the chat. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, we also have people commenting on the over here, Chris, if you have an opinion, not an official plan. I got a stat coming up on this game as well. Any thoughts on Bills in the revenge mode with the Chiefs? Well, the thing I really like for the Bills is that they barely played a game last week. You know, that, that was, I mean, that was like a scrimmage, right, against the Steelers at home. I mean, I think Josh Allen had, what, 350 and four touchdowns in the first half. It's just yes, incredible, incredible, incredible stuff for the Bills. But, yeah, Chiefs are a different animal, that's for sure, right? And the Chiefs might have been looking ahead to this game because they stumbled a little bit at first against the Raiders, did what they usually do. It's just such a week-to-week league as we've seen this all, all season, right? Some of these teams look just impeccably good, right? Like when the Chiefs went down to face Tampa Bay, if that same offense shows up in the first half against the Raiders, you know, then that's a different game too. But the Raiders kind of had a lot of gusto in this one. Who's going to have the most in this? I just, I have to circle Buffalo a little bit here because of that revenge factor, because they're coming off an easy game. At the same time, if this went to three and a half, like I I have the Bills personally at minus one and a half. If this went to plus three and a half, I'd be all over the Chiefs. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's tough at three. I think it's probably right. It's just, God, these chiefs are very good as underdogs, very good as underdogs at home. So, you know, good luck to the bills because they're going to probably have to play a perfect game. You're ready for my stat. Brad already knows this from three dog Thursday, Patrick Mahomes in his entire career home underdog, either in the regular season or in the postseason, he's never been a home underdog. How about that? This is the first time in 42 games, regular season or postseason, you're getting points with Mahomes at home. So if you believe in the Chiefs, this is a spot to take them in because it's rare that you're going to get this for whatever it's worth. Brad Thomas does believe in them. He says take the points here uh, in this matchup. And again, Buffalo's got injuries in the secondary, Brad, that could be a factor too. As we joked on Three Dog Thursday, Brad, the Bills better be covering Travis Kelsey from the time he enters the stadium. Yeah. Two guys on him <laughs> out of the locker room. Two guys on him when he's standing on the sideline have two guys on him. Yeah, absolutely. Travis Kelsey, it's crazy. Like, you would think that the that any team that plays Kelsey wants to cover him, but somehow he finds a way to get open. Um, they need to do a little shadow coverage. Well, hopefully for my bet, I hope they forget all about him. <laughs> I, I, I had Travis, Travis Kelsey as my captain in, in DraftKings third, uh, on Monday night, and I still didn't win any money yeah. in the contest because I had some other bad, Oh, my God. How did That's I miss that? crazy. Yeah. Four-touchdown game for him. Again, we'll lock Brad Thomas in. He is on the Chiefs. He loves my stat there about Mahomes. And the first time ever you're getting him as a home underdog, he'll say, take the Chiefs and the three. By the way, we see a live viewer asking about the first half line 
and he's he's curious here. Do we like the over in the first half line? The Chiefs have been scoring and have been giving up points in the first half of a lot of their games. Any thought on that on a first half line, either of you guys? Yeah, I'll take that. Um, in totals for games like this, I'd probably just take full game if I want to bend over. But we have to remember that this game means so much to both teams. To You're going to expect the defenses to play a little bit better um, unless you are in love with the over. I probably wouldn't be on a total just because the fact that it's not like the Chiefs playing against, I don't even know, I can't even think of a random team, the Chargers, where they can just air the ball out. This is the Bills. This could be a possible uh, championship match where they have to win to get in, get home field or, or something along those lines. These just mean a little bit more. Um, so those games are played a little bit tighter. But yeah, both, both quarterbacks are insane. So if you want to be on it, I don't want to talk you off it. Chris, any thought in general on the first half line versus the total here? Uh, this is all anecdotal, but generally what I see in games like this where there's a lot of animosity, a lot of importance, is it starts off a little slower, right? Because it's so chippy at the start of it. Defense are, the defenses are kind of surprising both offenses. And then once the offenses start to get in rhythm, then they start to take over. That will happen eventually in this game. But actually, I would probably lean to the second half or, as Brad alluded to, the uh, – Full game if you're going to take the over. I will say this for whatever it's worth. You, you you try to watch these games and figure something out. You saw Buffalo destroying Pittsburgh in the beginning of the game with the long pass. You saw the Raiders destroying the Chiefs Monday night with the long pass early in the game. You have to believe that Steve Spagnola is preaching. He is standing on the table with his guys. Do not get beat deep early on in this game because you got to believe Josh Allen's going to try it deep. And so the Chiefs already saw that movie on Monday night against the Raiders. They've got to be ready for that early on in the game. And that may affect the first half line or, to Chris's point, it being a little slower start offensively. Nonetheless, Brad is on the Chiefs, and that's one of the marquee games for this weekend. Two games to go, and one of them is a monster game on Sunday night involving the only remaining NFL unbeaten team. That's the Philadelphia Eagles, E-A-G-L-E-S, 5-0, and Meanwhile, Cooper Rush says, wait a minute, what about undefeated? I'm 4-0 as a starter. The Cowboys get six in Philly on Sunday Night Football. The total is 41.5 in this one. Chris Farley, we are back to you with an official play. What do you have, sir? Yeah, I'm really excited to watch this game. And by no means am I saying that the Eagles are not one of the better teams in the NFL. But the Eagles, in my opinion, are due for a little bit of stumble-stumble here. We almost saw it last week against the Cardinals, right? Cardinals should have tied that game up. It should have went into overtime. And for parts of the second half especially, the Cardinals looked like the team that wanted it more. Now, I'm not saying that's going to be the case in Philadelphia against the Dallas Cowboys because Lord knows there's a lot of hatred here. It's just really tough for me to not take the Cowboys in this spot at a touchdown. But the way that their defense is playing, we have not seen Jalen Hurts yet you know, really go down in a game against a really good defense. They went down 14 nothing against the Jags. Kudos to him and their defense for getting back in that game. There's sloppy weather. The Jaguars turned it over a bunch of times in that game. Uh, you know, so they kind of handed the game back over to the Eagles. If the Eagles go down in this game, they will be in trouble because the Dallas defense, that's when they do their work, right? They can play aggressively. They can go after the ball on passes. I, I'm still not sold that Jalen Hurts is the most accurate passer in the NFL at this point, right? He still, still probably has some things to work on. And, and, and this is going to be a nerve-wracking situation, no doubt about it. So I give a lot of credit to the Eagles, but at plus six in a game that I, I, I think these two teams 
or closer to even than a lot of people think. And I will say the fact that Cooper Rush is still playing, I think that could be a good thing for Dallas, right? When you have your leader on the field or on the court or whatever sport you're talking about, you know, sometimes you kind of depend on them, right? This guy is going to bring us back into it. We're okay. But Cooper Rush out there, he's still not a season. This team is going to have to play well across the board for the entire game. And Mike McCarthy covers. That's the thing about this guy. I don't like Mike McCarthy, but the dude covers. So plus six, I got to go with the Cowboys. Interesting, Brad Thomas, that Cooper Rush is the uh, is the first Cowboy quarterback to ever win his first five games. And he's approaching all-time NFL status here of, of being able to win six or seven games in a row to start your NFL career. Again, he's not a rookie, and one of the starts was a year ago. But still, it's pretty remarkable what he's put together. What I know you don't have an official play. What do we buy into with the Cowboys had to go all the way out to L.A. and win, now come all the way east in a rivalry game with the Eagles, back-to-back road games. Does that play in, Brad, here? Um, maybe. Uh, I think that this game is a little interesting from a betting perspective for me because you look at the Eagles, who have a, who lead the, lead the NFL in turnover differential at plus nine, right? The question is that, is that sustainable? Do Can they do that throughout the season, or are they due for regression there? I think the, the, the answer is leans closer to yes because they have an efficient defense. Um, and then you look on the other side of the ball with the with the Cowboys, who have Michael Parsons as the disruptor. Is that sustainable? I think the answer is closer to yes. Now the last common denominator for me comes down to Cooper Rush. Does Cooper Rush sustain this ability? He hasn't had to make the big throws. In this game, will he have to make those big throws, or will they get on the lead? For me, this cover belongs to the team who gets the first touchdown of the game. I wholeheartedly believe that. Unless it's something like two field goals and then a team scores a touchdown. But the first team that goes up by seven first – is going to cover because both teams have the type of defenses that can really sit and wait in the wings and really apply the pressure and make life difficult for you. Again, Micah Parsons was hurt in the game last week at the Rams, but came back to play in the game and got a big sack of uh, of Matt Stafford later on in the game. What's his status? He's listed as questionable practicing midweek. I see a lot of the fans going back and forth in the chat. You see some of their comments uh, here. Uh, Teeks says, tease the Cowboys with the Patriots there for a thought on that. So the, the peeps are going back and forth in the live chat here on the Bet US NFL show about this game. There'll be a lot of interest in it. Again, the Eagles are the only remaining undefeated team. Rivalry game with the Cowboys. Just a quick thought. Uh, here, I saw Ezekiel Elliott at field level in the opener on Sunday Night Football with Buccaneers Radio. He had some spring in his step that night. They have some offensive uh, line questions. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they still owe him like $40 million guaranteed. I don't know that he has a lot of life left in those legs. Guys, do you have any thoughts? Farley, any thought here on well, what, I, is, I, what does Zeke have? Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. It's The Cowboys rushing uh, has looked like kind of trial and error for a very long time. Last two weeks, I got to say, it seems like they're finally figuring out a formula that's working, right? They're they're featuring Tony Pollard more in in a very concentrated way. Zeke is the power back, so it's very thunder and lightning. So, you know, in that way, they can kind of preserve Zeke, right? You know, keep him a little healthier. Uh, So the past two weeks especially, if they keep it up like that, I like the way that they're balancing their attack. At the end of the day, I know everybody wants to say, oh, you know, this contract and that contract. These teams want to win, right? So they're going to do, they're going to use a formula that's going to work for them, regardless, you know, of how much a player is getting paid. Brad, any quick thought on that, on Ezekiel Elliott here and what he has left in the tank, or is they just yeah. kind of working him in? 
I think Zeke actually looks better this season than he did last year. Um, so ultimately, I would say he, he's going to try to stay healthy. He's going to he be admitted working. he had a torn knee ligament the second half of last year that they yeah. were kind of hiding and trying to protect, and that he supposedly had surgically repaired. I don't know that as Brad as uh, Chris was saying, they're featuring Tony Pollard a lot, right, yeah. Brad? I mean, he's he's carried it more. I just think when you have a, a tandem like that, why not? Why not? You know, like you notice when they need those yards, who are they turning to? They're turning to Zeke when they need those important running plays. Like, so it's a good mixture between the both. I still think Zeke has a ton left, but if you're, and a lot of people base their assumptions on fantasy production, which that's the world we live in now. And so a lot of people might say Zeke is done because he's not putting up those 15 to 20 point games. That's a good point. All right. Fair enough on that. The official play, though, belongs to Chris Farley in this game. I'm going to say it. How about them Cowboys? He says, <laughs> give me the six points there for the Sunday night matchup with the Eagles officially. We lock him in. One game remains. We'd love to say this is the game of the weekend. We'd be lying on the Bet US NFL show. Nonetheless, Denver Broncos at the L.A. Chargers. Chargers' big win that we talked about way back earlier in the show in Cleveland, Denver. What a mess. Russell Wilson, it is now out there playing with an injured lat muscle right under your armpit for the uh, Broncos. He's played like an armpit right now. The Broncos have played like an armpit on uh, on offense. The line is five. The total is 46. Uh, Brad Thomas, I'm coming right back to you. There's no official play here. What about Monday night football in L.A. Uh, with Denver's uh, sputtering offense against the Charger team that can score? I'm oh god I hate this game it's gross um Denver just thinks at protecting the quarterback but um defensively they're pretty good you know like defensively they should be good enough to cover the five this game kind of reminds me um of the Texans game when the Chargers played them but better defense from uh from the Broncos, and that's crazy. We're saying that the Broncos' offense is like the Texans' offense. You know, who would have thought that at the beginning of the year? So I'd probably have to lean with the Broncos, but the Chargers shown they can be explosive, especially running with Austin Eckler. So if they can get Eckler involved, it'll probably they'll probably cover, but I have to lean with a better defense catching five. By the way, you mentioned fantasy football, and all I'm going to say is Austin Eckler the last two weeks on behalf of all the fantasy owners. Keep it up with the touchdowns and what he's doing. Chris Farley, any thought on this one? Broncos on a standalone primetime game for the fourth time already. Hide the women and children with the way that they have played offense. What is up here? Are they going to be any better in L.A.? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I hope the Manning cast is on this weekend because it always gives me something to watch and laugh about. For you know, I, I was gonna say the same thing that Brad was gonna say. This is I hate that we have to end the show in this game. It's ugly, but because it's ugly and because the Broncos are ugly, I kind of feel like they're the right side. They have been playing good defense. It's just you know Russell Wilson. If you're gonna be out there and you're not gonna be a hundred percent, you still got to be able to make the plays, right? And they are going up against the Chargers offense that and they got a little lucky last week, but they got the win against the Texans. They're going back home. But what do we see from Brandon Staley in these spots before, right? When everything's nice and comfy, they kind of ruin it for themselves. So, And I, I, I can't trust that defense either yet either. That defense, J.C. Jackson has been a liability for the most part. Uh, you know, there's just some key players on their defense. That are, they're not getting the kind of pressure you would expect. So it's, you know, both teams in, in different ways are, are tough to trust. I still don't think that Justin Herbert is quite where he needs to be just yet either. Uh, you know, people are saying, oh, it looks good. I don't know. You know, he's kind of holding back on some of these passes. Yeah, um, uh, taking hits. So it, this game is what it is, folks. I'm sorry that we have to end on it, but I guess slightly into the uh, 
Denver Broncos, but it's it's hard not to bet on a Monday night game because it's the last game of the week. But you don't have to. You don't have. To. You don't have to. Two two words: stay away. Here seems to be the thought from our handicappers. And uh, from us on that final game in L.A., again, if the Chargers win, though, they're right in the thick of the race with Kansas City uh, right there at the top. The Raiders are obviously floundering at the bottom. And, you know, if Denver wins the game for all of the knocks on them, if they find a way to win it, they're three and three to start the season. It's not as if they're one and five to start the season. We shall see what happens on the Monday night game. We shall see what happens with these guys and with their best bets, let us take a look by means of review at what they have had through the entire show. I won't go over, over everything game by game. Brad does have an interesting Thursday night play. If you're seeing us live on Thursday here on the Bet US show, he's right away on the Commanders with a parlay play of a Brian Robinson touchdown and a Carson Wentz interception. He also likes a couple of underdogs. Some underdog plays as well from Chris Farley, including... His Giants, and including the Cowboys on Sunday night football, also likes an over-the-team total for the Dolphins and likes them as an underdog as well in their matchup at home uh, coming this Sunday with the Minnesota Vikings. With that, guys, I think we're pretty well good. Chris Farley, any final thoughts before we are gone here for another Thursday? Nope. As usual at the end, I have to run to the men's room, so here we are again. Uh, keep on drinking the entire show. I don't know. Yep. So I've got to stop doing that. Uh, but you know what, this, I feel like this is the week where things, I keep saying that, I guess, don't I TJ, but it's just like this league largely through five weeks is so back and forth, so back and forth. Um, I think, I think just some things are hit the equilibrium this week. Let let me see. Okay. This team is actually pretty good. Well, and yeah, you got a good sample size. Now you get five or six weeks in, you know what you have at least early on in the year, Brad, a final thought before we're gone. Yeah, first say uh, thanks for having me on here. And as always, I feel like it's up to me to give a little bit of advice um, in betting, which would help me along, you know, when I was younger. But don't force it. If you don't have an angle, you don't have a side. It's always fun. Take notes and uh, watch the game without money on the line and just become better for the next game. I think the question that keeps getting asked around here rhetorically, are you betting the game just to bet a game? And that's always dangerous to do because they build those billion-dollar casinos in Vegas (laughs) on people that are betting games and betting things just to bet. So be careful. Be careful with that. Good advice to end on. Uh, Brad Thomas, thank you. Chris Farley, thank you. Thanks to Antonio and everybody behind the scenes at BetUS. We love being here with you on Thursdays on the BetUS NFL Show.